Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people, Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. Uh, this week we are turning our ears to Brian Adams' Waking Up the Neighbours album. Oh man, it's been a busy week in uh, Dave Fensom world, guys. I've got to tell you, uh, I stopped working a little while ago so I could work on this new kind of project where I'm running gigs in rural areas. I've just got the first one of them up and running. Uh, I don't know, this is very unlikely, but if any of you live in the Alfriston area, uh, Littlington, or any of those bits, I've got a gig up and running for the 6th of December. Got a great lineup. Got uh, El Baldino from uh, Britain's Got Talent. I've got Phil Gerrard, supported uh, Ramesh Ranganathan and Angela Barnes on their UK tours. Absolutely fantastic comics. Got a good chap called Graham Collard doing the middle spot, and I'm going to be emceeing things. Uh, if you fancy it, go to We Got Tickets, search Cook Me a Comedy Club, uh, and uh, come along. Say hello when you're there as well. Um, what else has been going on? Yeah, been backing up some more gigs. Got some more stuff ready to announce in the not too distant future. Running on the edge comedy as always. All of those are selling out at the moment, so that's a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah, so I guess what I should announce to you is on the 20th of December, uh, that's a Friday On the Edge Comedy is my birthday special uh, I've got some I've got some acts that I shouldn't really be able to have at my shitty little comedy night truth be told, uh, I've got Sarah Barron who uh, is all over TV at the moment, amazing comedian did super super well this year in Edinburgh uh, second hour um, yeah, getting all the plaudits, all of the praise, amazing amazing comedy from Sarah Barron. Also, I've got Lenny Sherman, a uh, brilliant guy. I mean, so, so funny. Literally one of the most naturally funny guys uh, I think I've ever seen. Uh, fresh from an appearance in EastEnders as well. Uh, also, got Mark Cram, my good buddy Mark Cram. I've got Gary Knightley. I've got uh, Matt Smith, I think. I've got Joe Foster. I've got a bunch of people, all of whom are absolutely insanely talented and insanely good and they're coming out to help me support my birthday so if you want to come along to that it's a really really good night out it's only six quid um if you're a mate of mine a personal friend just drop me a message and i'll put you on the guest list um yeah go to we got tickets search on the edge comedy uh on the 19th of December, uh, sorry, the 20th of December. I'm full of shit. Guys, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Please come along, have a drink with me. I'll give you some free stickers. Uh, we'll do some shots, whatever the fuck it is we're doing. Anyway, uh, with no further ado, let's crack on with this podcast. Uh, me and Krista are really on a rock jag at the moment. Uh, let's see if this album holds up to the high standards of some of the other shit we've listened to. Catch you in a bit. <laughs> Yes, yes, people. Welcome to another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. My name is Dave Fensom. I'm Chris Greer. And we're here with a very sorry for himself, Waffles the Dog. 
Yeah, he's looking very sad, isn't he? He's wearing like a he's wearing a little jumpsuit thing at the moment, like a onesie. Yeah, I mean, whenever I come in, I thought, oh, that's an interesting fashion choice you've made for him. But turns out it's not a choice. Really. No, he's 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 had his testicles removed. Well, Poor little sod. Um, um, that was I've, the best of us. I've never felt so bad in my life about anything. He just followed me out. He was so trusting. Oh. Wandered him down. And he was like, oh, we're going out. I'm very, very happy. And then I had to just leave him with a stranger. And he had an undescended one as well. So it's keyhole surgery he had to have. Doesn't sound fun. 350 quid, motherfucker. And the cost of whatever that jumpsuit was as well. 18. Fuck that. Got two of those. Fuck that. Yeah, exactly. Thirty-six pounds. I haven't spent thirty-six pounds on clothes for myself this year. I hope that even when he doesn't need to wear that, you're going to make him wear it just uh, to get the money. Yeah, worth. yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I tell you what, I did earlier though. I, I had to walk him down to the vet uh, uh-huh. to get his check up, uh, and I completely forgot that it, that that deliberately covers his junk. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing he did when he got outside is just pissed all over it. Oh, And then shit. he shat on the edge of it. Oh, God. I, was, I was just there like, oh, for fuck's sake. Just folding this wet, piss-ridden thing up a corgi's body. Oh, you know Christ. I mean? Yeah, I bet, oh, bet a queen doesn't do this shit. Probably not. But I don't think she wears one of those. Honk. You fucking dick. Right, okay. <laughs> so, uh, guys, we are here. What week are we representing this week, Chris? We are. Right, we are on the... Week of September 29th to October 5th, 1991. Okay, so we are we are kind of ending the summer, getting into yeah. the autumn. Back to school. Back to school. And we are continuing what I can only describe as our, uh, what, four or five week rock jag? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's guitar friendly at the minute. Yeah, man. I mean, a shout out to the people that listen to this podcast mainly because they love the pop music. Special shout out to Martin. Yes. Uh, sorry, there's a lot of rock music going on at the minute, but it is quite fertile ground in the world of rock at the moment, depending on on your definition of the word fertile. So, yeah, we, mm. we, we started off with uh, Metallica. Well, we, well, oh, no, we, we didn't. Go back to Cher. I mean, Cher was yeah. kind of soft rock. Cher's on that soft rock thing. Then we had Metallica. Metallica. Then we've had Dire, Dire Straits. Straits. Now we've got, and we had Guns N' Roses last yeah. week. Uh, and now this week we are back. Obviously, Guns N' Roses is quite an edgy album. A lot of, you know, kind of bad language, vitriol. Sure. So, yeah, similar kind of thing this week from Brian Adams, you would yeah, expect. Yeah, the bad boy of Canada. The bad boy of Canada. Uh, tell, uh, yeah. tell me about your history with Brian Adams, Krista. My uh, history, I suspect. I, mean, I, I don't remember this album whatsoever because I didn't give a shit. Right. I suspect the first time I was really aware of Brian Adams would have been in 1991 with the Everything I Do single. Oh, you couldn't fucking avoid him. No, it was everywhere. Um, Obviously, you know, I had probably heard Run To You and Summer of 69 by that point, yeah. you know, on whatever classic oldies sort of shit but I wasn't aware of him as an artist at all really yeah absolutely yeah. yourself you know I know the greatest hits of Brian Adams yeah right and I think Brian Adams has got some great some oh, greatest some hit. Great Summer of 69 songs. is a fucking banger Run yeah. To You is an absolute banger yeah. Heaven's alright Heaven's yeah. good tune yeah I mean there's some great stuff that he's got right uh-huh. um, so I have not kept up with the career of Brian Adams over the years nah. and we'll deal with some of the reasons uh, why going forward? But I mean, I, obviously, I do remember this album coming out. I remember the, the uh, I remember a couple of the singles. Oh, do you? Uh, okay, on it. Um, sure. uh, I was surprised this album was as big as it was. Yeah. Well, saying that again, over here, only number one for one week. Yeah, this one, which I thought it would have been bigger just because of the success of the single mm. of the uh, Everything I Do single. I assumed that this would have been 
a huge seller and would have been at the top of the charts for a while. But it came at a time period where other huge albums were coming out. I mean, I, I think the problem with it is and everyone in the UK owned the single well, at this yeah. point. I mean, surely everyone owned it twice. But you'd expect so. 16 weeks, number one. I mean, I, I've got a little funny uh, story about Brian Adams. Though, oh, right? good. Like my, my, like my wife, Jenny, it's a prick. Uh, I love her. <laughs> I love her dearly. Sure, I uh-huh. but she, she is a bastard to me often, right? And what she's, she's got this little habit, and it started off with Brian Adams, mm. right? Um, what she likes to do is she'll catch me off guard and I'll say something stupid. And she'll take it out of context uh, and then uh, I'll forget all about having ever said it, but she'll have made a note of it in her phone and then uh, at Christmas I'll get a glass with that quote engraved on it. Oh, magic. Yes, Wow. Indeed. So what's the Brian Adams one? Well, I once said that I think people are a bit sniffy about Brian Adams, right? Uh-huh, right. And I've got that immortalised. It's an off-the-cuff remark yeah and i've got that immortalized on a, a nice cut crystal whiskey glass good yeah yeah, yeah. And, oh excellent and as a result of that uh not the mug that i'm using at the minute but the one i was using earlier uh is a brian adams tour mug which someone got me so uh I, I i get quite a, lot, in a certain circle of my friends i get quite a lot of abuse about being a brian adams fan which i've never really been uh but i find it quite funny so i've, got, I've got a bit of affection for the canadian dickhead good. in that regard good um, so yeah, going well, in you and a lot of people. Let's face oh, mate, it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going into this album hoping, hoping for uh, for all right things. Yeah. Oh no, I was, I was, I was wary. You know, I was absolutely wary because I thought there's going just going to be an awful lot of average stuff on here. Oh yeah. Uh, but I was thinking, okay, there's going to be a couple of tunes that I hadn't heard in the same way as whenever I listened to that share album. I was like, yeah. actually, there's a couple here. Yeah, that's all right. And to be clear, what I want out of this genre of rock is Mm. I want it to be overblown and ridiculous. Oh, for sure. I want some terrible lyrics. I want some stupid power ballads. Yeah, Yeah. and yeah, I want yeah, I want uh, you know, I want the ghost of the eighties to live well. Okay, Um, but it needs to be done in the right way. Yeah, no, absolutely fair. Okay, so let's have a look at the album cover. Album cover, right? So. I have a CD in my hand. Yep. Got from the YMCA shop in Hove. Nice. Brian Adams waking up the neighbours. There he is on the front. Black and white. Black and white. He is in... He's very possibly in double denim, actually. Is that the Canadian tuxedo? Canadian national dress. It looks like it. It looks like... Yeah, he looks like he's... I mean, it could be a leather jacket. It's got a bit of a shine to it. Mm. But it's a black and white photo, so So, you can't tell. Okay. And he's got his guitar on him. Because I imagine that's just how he rolls. Yeah, he, don't, he what, never what leave around the house. Never leave the house without strapping a ga- guitar. Guitar. Yeah. Um, and uh, a massive megaphone. Massive megaphone, and he's shouting into it. I mean, it's one of the most posed photos I've ever seen. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, it's awful. He yeah, is. Not... He is literally trying to wake up his neighbours. Yeah, the album's called "Waking Up the Neighbours," and I think this is a cringe-inducing album cover for sure. Yeah, yeah it, for sure. It's one of the most try-hard things I've ever seen in my life. It, it's the sort of thing that someone in a record label marketing department thought that would be a good idea and did it, and it's not. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's, so, it's, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's uh, it's making me go, oh, uh, I'm yeah. embarrassed for you. Yeah, uh, Brian. I can't imagine he looks back at that and goes, oh well, yeah, that was that was a good image. Oh, I'm not sure. Well, here's another thing I find out. Turns out that in kind of the late '90s, early 2000s, he turned his hand to photography. Oh, did he? And is a relatively well-respected photographer. He's photographed the Queen. Has he really? Which, uh, and that image appeared on some Canadian stamps. Nice. Because I imagine that's all they have, is that mm. and what, beavers. <laughs> and he's he Sorry, photographed... Canadians, we love you. Oh, yeah, but we're going to be saying some stuff like... Well, I'm going to be saying some stuff like Canada in this. We've, we've been in the Canadian top ten 
charts and stuff. Let's... Probably because of the stuff I say about Canada. Uh, we love you, Canadians. That's true. Uh, some of the best people. You are we... ripe for jokes. I mean, you are. Yeah. You are. I mean, we love you, though. And this is coming from an Irishman. We've had a lot of jokes made about us. You do deserve them, though. That's fine. You bog brain Murphy. Totally fine. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, he, he also he photographed uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. Did he? Yeah. He, uh, he has done a lot of kind of what he calls modern muses, which is just very pretty women. Um, but he photographed Elle McPherson. Right. Uh, who he apparently had a little bit of a dalliance with. That's, okay. That's the rumour. Um, he photographed Lindsay Lohan at some point. He photographed Amy Winehouse. Oh, that's a good track record. Well, quite, yeah. <laughs> Even more, he let Amy Winehouse stay at one of his houses yeah. one Christmas to recuperate from, uh, a, a, like, try and get off the, right. the drugs. Okay, who else has he done? He's done Zamo from Grange Hill. <laughs> he's done... <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's just done a, a toothless junkie from down the road. <laughs> but yeah, so I can't imagine that he looks at this photograph and goes, that's a classic. Because apparently he's got some form. On yeah, sure. Fair enough. Who knows? I mean, it's, yeah, I, I don't I don't like it. It's a it's a it's a bad album. It's a bad start. Yeah. Um, so this album was uh, produced by uh, Mutt Lang. Yes, it was. Uh, and it appears from a bit of reading what happened was... Uh, he released his, his previous record to this in 1987, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that big a hit. Uh, this is his sixth album, this one, yeah. and it was his fourth one, Reckless, which was the one that made him an absolute sure. huge star. His fifth one in, in 87 wasn't that much of a hit, and he did a lot of touring and took a long time writing this one. Mm-hmm. And this was put back a few times. It was supposed to be coming out in 1990, put back. supposed to be coming out at the start of 91, ended up September 91. And in the meantime... Uh, his usual writing partner, who he'd written with during all the 80s, yeah. was unavailable. He okay. he'd, he'd become a, an in-demand songwriter for other people, mm-hmm. and he couldn't fit around Adam's schedule. So, Mutt Lang, who is, you know, uber producer of rock stuff in the 80s, mm-hmm. was brought on board, and he helped co-write all of the songs on here, and produced everything on it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're Mutt Lang, uber producer, I mean, I'd say if you're going to single out one band that he was famous for working with, you'd say Def Leppard. Absolutely, that would be the one that, that would That would be the one you would come to. And I think, you know, yes. we'll, I think some of that's going to become quite evident I think as, so too. as we go on. Yeah, he he also did stuff, he he did the early ACDC albums, so he kind of, as, as form for big fucking rock from yep. right from the start, he co-wrote Hearts, All I Want to Do Is Make Love To You, mm-hmm. and he was married to Shania Twain for a while. Fair enough. So he's obviously got a thing for Canadians. He certainly has. Mm. Um, actually, think, just speaking of Canadian artists, right? Uh, Brian Adams, he is the fifth biggest selling Canadian artist of all time. Okay. Can you name the other four, Jarek? The other four. Mm. Okay. Is, uh, is this globally? Globally. Worldwide. Okay. Total record sold. Okay. Celine Dion. Yes. Is the number one? Yes, yeah, Celine's number one. Celine's number one. Okay. Avril Lavigne? Nope. No? Tragically Hip? No. Well, no, is it Tragically Hip or is it Throw? Which, which is their big band that they all fucking love? I'm not sure. They might be Canadian, I'm not sure. Uh, one of them died a couple of years ago and it was a massive deal. No, it's not uh, them anyway. Right, okay. Oh, so fucking... Uh, oh, fucking Nickelback. No. No? I thought it was going to be Nickelback. That's wow, not, they're not in the top five. I suppose it, they're, they're, they're too late in the, the equation, well, aren't they? you got one who is uh, go, going back into the 90s, right? but you've got two that are very recent. Two that are very yeah, million fucking oh Drake Drake yeah Drake Drake's number two yeah that doesn't surprise me uh huh forgot about Dr- Drizzy <laughs> forgot about Drake uh, yeah <laughs> motherfuckers 
I don't. I tell you what, Drake to me is the is the the point where I was like, okay, I am so out of the culture. Oh god, because Drake Drake is so huge, and I don't care at all. Not even a bit. No, even slightly. Don't no. care. Don't get it. Uh, okay, so we've got Celine, we've got Drake. Uh huh. Oh, fuck. So who else are we going to have? Canadians. What, I'll give you the number four is Shania Twain. Oh, okay. Yeah, Shania. Yeah. That. Snow. No. Um, <laughs> if only. If only that was the case. That's probably their proudest export, obviously. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah. yeah. I would have thought so. Number um, three, though, it's, it's pop, it's, it's pop. relatively recent, and it's fucking massive. Okay. Male or female? Male. Solo artist. Solo artist. Male solo artist. It's Bieber. Yes, it oh, is. Fuck, of course, of course it, it is. I Bieber. forget he's Canadian. Yeah, man. Because he seems like such a cunt. You presume he must be American. <laughs> American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Celine Dion, Drake, Justin Bieber, and Shania Twain, and then Brian Adams. That'd be quite the dinner party, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? No. It'd be very polite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until Bieber got his cock it out. It wouldn't. It, it. It'd be fucking. It'd be awful. Actually, I bet you Celine's the one that would kick it all off. She'd be getting the drugs out. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and then doing an ACDC cover really badly. Oh, don't. Just fuck off, Celine Dion. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of the album cover, because I have the CD, I looked inside as well, and some of the liner notes uh, are quite amusing. The band, two of whom we saw actually on the Cher album, I said that the two of yeah. the Brown Eyes Band were there. Cher and Cher uh, alike. Well, quite. The, the band in here are credited as the Dudes of Leisure. That's okay. what they're called. Good, great. That's what he calls his his entourage, and the other musicians, like the people who just like come in for one song, are honorary dudes of leisure. I'm sure they're very pleased to be known wow. as that. Uh, and the technical engineer on this album is called Ron Obvious. Okay, that's good. Yeah, like just that tickled me. <laughs> Obviously, it sounds like it's one of those made up on the spot names when the police ask for your ID. Yeah, exactly. What, what, uh, what's your name? Where you come from? Oh shit. Oh, I mean, so we much should, weed we, in my pocket right now. I feel like we should recount my favourite story that revolves around that ever. Go on. Like our, our friend Craig Price. Big shout out to <laughs> Craig, Craig Price. I don't know if he still listens to the podcast, but big shout out to him anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, back in his student days, uh, was in the house and the TV licensing people knocked on the door. Oh, yeah. Um, and they said, oh, hello, are you Craig Price? And he just went, no, I'm Greg Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Pierce. Are you Dave Fensom? No, I'm Javid Benson. <laughs> Brilliant. I hope they went, sorry to bother you, sir. <laughs> and walked away. Krista Greer? No, I'm Mr. Queer. <laughs> well, that's what it says on my business cards. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've got for this, I suppose. Uh, there were seven singles released off this. At various times. I mean, well, let's. Let, I mean, we should make the point that it is a fifteen-track hour and fifteen-minute yeah. album. Yeah, this is the longest one we've done in terms of actual songs on there. Yes, it is. So far, yeah. Um, but yeah, set, seven singles, some of which like, the last one didn't even chart. But it was. And these all UK singles as well. They released on as multiple as, territories. Uh, no, I think I think there were multiple territories, but these are all UK ones. Definitely the the first six all charted in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, the seventh one, I think, was released but didn't chart. Still in the UK. And the album went on to do pretty big numbers, didn't it? It did. It did decent numbers. I mean, again, worldwide, it did yeah. a lot. It didn't do Guns N' Roses numbers. No, not at all. It didn't do Metallica numbers. No. But it did well. It didn't do anything like Reckless, mm-hmm. but it did much better than well, whatever the 1987 one was. Yeah, this is kind of the album. It, it did the kind of sales that 
the record company continued to put him out and doing arena shows and well, exactly. generated a live album, all that kind of big rock yeah, standards a, of the day. Yeah, uh, it, it enabled him to continue making records for years and years and years. Had, mm. there, uh, had there been another flop, he might have, that might have been the end of it. So let's crack on with the uh, first song. The first track is called Is Your Mama Gonna Miss You? It's not a song about child abduction. Are you sh- I don't know. Mm. Some of the lyrics. Starts off a bit like honky tonk women. Yeah. Or free. Or free, yeah. All right now. It's what I would describe as, describe as typical Brian Adams vocal phrasing. Yes. Yeah. Bit of Ron obvious vocal phrasing there. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it just feels like rock by numbers, doesn't it? Oh, very much so. I mean, yeah. This bit where it's like kicks into the, the bridge, it's a bit better, but it's very, very. Here's here we're going to do one, two, three, four of this. We're going to do one, two, three, four of that, and then we're going to go to this. Yeah, it, it, it's covering in by X, numbers. Right? X factors, X factor rock. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, lyrically, this is a song about. Thanks, of course. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of what you'd expect the chorus to sound like, isn't it? Oh, for sure. So it's you know, it's about uh, is, is your mama gonna miss you now that I'm taking you off to have sex with me? Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a kind of dubious. Uh, you know, the, it's a strange way to phrase it. I don't know why you'd say "Mama's little girl." No. Why are you thinking in those terms? And how old is she? Yeah, it's like, uh, is your mama gonna miss you now you're gone? Is your mama gonna cry now she's alone? Because Mama's little girl ain't going home. That's some weird way to say. Yeah. I really fancy you. Yeah, I mean, it, it does sound like an abduction. It does. It? it absolutely does. It's, it's a strange, strange song. Has anyone looked in his basement? He wouldn't be allowed to find anything in Brian Adams' basement because it would destroy Canada. Well, that is true. Yeah, it would implode. Yeah, that would be the massive cover. That would be like you know, if David Attenborough was found out to be mm-hmm. an ounce. You know, I've always thought of Brian Adams as a bit of a nice guy of rock as well, haven't you? Oh, totally. And so he's he, very safe. He has a reputation for being the nice guy as well. Everyone yeah. really fucking lo- loves Brian Adams. He's never, you know, insulted anyone. He's never got into any trouble. But I mean, he might like, have adopted a child in 1991. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this appears to be 15 songs of breakup issues. I don't know. <laughs> well, this one is is more like uh, this is him saying, "I have put up barriers for a long time. Yeah. I have not wanted to get into anything, but you are so hot, or whatever, that I'm gonna let myself, you know, Stealing love you again." From school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's so bizarre, but he's saying it in this way. Yeah, he's uh, like, I mean, yeah. This is this is a, a set of, of poorly conceived lyrics over yeah. a, over a very overwritten tune. Track one though, first yeah. track in, first track one. I don't like it. I don't mind it. Uh, I, and again, this is right. I'm going to say this. I don't if, mind it either. No, I don't. It's okay. very innocuous. I think uh, I've I've listened to this probably five or six times. I mm-hmm. had it on again this morning. Just you know while I was doing other stuff. I've had it on a few times while I'm doing other stuff. I've had it on a few times while I've been properly looking at it and making notes. And on about the fourth or fifth pass, mm-hmm. I was like, this is okay. This, this, is, this right. is actually not so bad, this one. Fair it's enough. I've not, not said that for all of them. It's not, you know, everything is good because you hear it so often. But this one, I was like, this is okay. I mean, I have, uh, silly the reaction I have to this. Uh-huh. And 
you know, you can apply this to quite a lot of the record, if not all of the record. Uh-huh. This is music for your mate's mum at school who wears leather trousers. Right, sure. And she describes herself as a bit of a rock chick. Right. right? Uh-huh. Uh, if it's the 80s, she had probably peroxide blonde hair. Mm. Uh, and she would absolutely shit herself if you played her any Slayer. Oh, no, not that. That's too much. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. That's no. just noise. I'm a bit of a rock chick. I like this and Bon Jovi. Okay, yes. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's kind of what, what this is. I, uh, like, I like like pretty men in tight leather trousers and stuff that doesn't have any swearing in it. And it stuff that would safe. make the pop charts. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what this is. Um, it could be someone's dad as well. Uh, it could be someone's dad who's in the same situation. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I'm a bit of a rocker. Um, you're not. You're not. You're not. No, <laughs> no. You know, you know the guy, the guy that tucks his fucking t-shirt into his absolutely. jeans and had brothers in arms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Maybe wore a headband to the Dire Straits gig. Indeed. Yeah, really fucking like that Phil Collins album. Yeah, yeah. He's your manager at work. He's your team uh, leader. Anyway, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's your track one. Is your mama gonna miss you? Which is a strange opener, but I actually think it's okay as a tune. In the end, it's got it's got a catchy. It's got one of the catchier choruses. Precisely, yeah. That that's what got me in eventually. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, okay, I can sing this chorus uh, and I can see where it's going. Okay, yeah. When you're talking about songs about child abduction, mm. it's probably top three for me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Mate. I would say there, yeah. right up there with "Can I Play with Madness." <laughs> that's probably coming out, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> 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 I'll leave that in I, I will leave it I think that's good <laughs> oh, can I play with Maddie brilliant okay well on that note shall we move on to number two yeah uh, hey honey I'm packing you in mm. I think this is after he's cut the child up and is forcing her into a suitcase Jesus. to dump it in the river I'm wow. packing you in we've gone dark early <laughs> All right, so yeah, sort of boring blues. I would describe this as theme park blues. Theme park blues. Yeah, uh-huh. this, you know it's, you know, if you if if you take if you take the blues, yeah, which started off as folk music from oppressed people singing about the darkest of times in a great cathartic way of getting. This is as far as you can get from that mm. without being something completely different okay do you know what I mean okay it, it's, well it's it's a saccharine version yeah it's sanitised yeah it's you know it's 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 the blues of a man whose biggest problem is he's bored of his girlfriend's microwave cooking yeah this is again some bizarre lyrics in this now we st- I, now obviously we spoke last week uh, about quite a lot of misogyny from Axel Rose yes right? okay, okay. And right, and we said, you know, we understand. Now, I, I, you kind of expect it from Axel Rose. I don't necessarily expect it from Brian Adams. I no. thought he was a nicer boy. Uh-huh. And this certainly reveals some early signs that he has some fairly old-fashioned ideas about the woman's role in a relationship. There's, yeah, there's uh, some of that comes through in this. It's quite petty, isn't it? The lyrics in this song. It's petty, 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 and then. Because like he's complaining about various things about yeah. the relationship and various things that his woman does that annoy him, mm-hmm. and he goes from things like wagging your chin, yeah, yeah okay, kicking his shin, yeah, which is, I'd be annoyed about that. Using the microwave to cook food, like you say, yeah. using his razors, yeah, and crashing his car. So yeah. there is petty, and then there's just snuck in there and you crash my car. 
I know m- multiple times. He's oh, sick I, of you. Sick of yeah. But yeah. look, I mean, the thing is, right? When obviously he's come up with this line, "Hey, honey, I'm packing you in." Yeah. And you can almost see him working backwards. He's like, right, what what rhymes with with in? Uh-huh. So like, we got this. I don't want another kick in the shin. Yeah. It's like uh, that specific thing that we all hear about the, the <laughs> yeah. kick in the shin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he goes into this thing about stealing his razors simply so he can say, "Don't want another cut on my chin." It's like this is a reach, Brian. You are, you are reaching here. Oh, very short. So I've actually got a, a very similar note uh, along here that I think, and I suspect this is Mutt Lang doing a lot of this, mm-hmm. is they thought of the title yeah. and then went, okay, let's make a song. Yeah, I'm, without uh, a doubt. They, they came up with a phrase. They went, that'll work as a song title. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, hey, honey, I'm packing you in. Or is your mama going to miss you? And just went, all right, well, that's a song now. Make I, a song, please. The thing that made me laugh, though, is for a song that is, you know, ostensibly a bit misogynistic, uh-huh. it's pretty tame misogyny, isn't it? Oh, it's, very, it's Canadian misogyny. You know, I mean, it <laughs> kind of encapsulates kind of, particularly, this is in particularly sharp relief, the week after Guns N' Roses. Sure. Because for all of Guns N' Roses' excess, and so there is still always a sense of danger in there. Okay. I think, you know, a sense of, are oh, these guys are fucking scumbags. Okay, and, it's, yeah. and like the scumbag things that you're saying are genuine. You are coming from a dirty fucking place. Yeah, you don't get that impression with no. with Brian. No, I you? think this is a persona he's having to put on to look like a bit of a a rocker. Yeah. It's like you bet you bet he irons his jeans. Oh you god, know what I mean? yeah. yeah, straight up. Um, this is also not a very good tune. No, this it's is awful. a very very dull, average tune. It's there's a riff in it that reminds me of Bad Medicine by mm. Bon Jovi. And there's nothing else added to it, I don't think. This is a, a, a prime example of this didn't need to be a 15-track album. Not this song shouldn't be on here. It's not, not It's no good at all. No, if you look at uh, you know all the other albums we've done to date, they're probably the maximum is about 12 songs. Mm-hmm. And some of those we've gone, that's too long. Yeah. This is obviously, at that point, three songs too long for a, mm. a relatively good album. But I think you could take six songs off this, seven songs, and make it much better. Mm. It still might not be what you want it to be, yeah. but you mean we're already track two is already filler. Yeah, you know, and you shouldn't be. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'd argue that track one ain't much above filler. No, no, but I think it's got something more than this. Okay, yeah. there is right at the very end because this is just a very silly song, mm-hmm. and it's you know, I guess it's tongue in cheek as well to an extent. It's a very silly thing, you know, nonsense. But right at the end, he does this. Let's finish it off. That like a little. Ah, oh, fucking. Yeah. Hate Why that. have you done that? Because uh, I mean, he did it in the studio, and Matt Lang went, "Yeah, we're leaving that in." <laughs> hey, honey, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Oh, God. No, that, that uh, did not strike me as a good idea That's at all. rubbish, mate. Yeah. But yeah, okay, next one then. Can't Stop This Thing We Started. Now, this was the other single that I remembered. Yes, I actually did remember. This was the second single, which mm-hmm. was released uh, in September of 91, so just before this album. Mm-hmm. This was kind of the, the lead one that wasn't Everything I Do. But you're right. You know, I do remember this tune. Mm-hmm. And... I what guess this that, is still one of the ones that gets that played. Like? What does that sound like? What does that sound like? It's been bothering me. What does that sound like? Oh, the, the little tinkly guitar. Yeah. Sounds like a big 80s, 80s. song. Uh, what is it, though? Uh, is it like Tears for Fears? or? Oh, 
Oh, um, everyone wants to rule the world. world. That's what it is. Yeah. It sounds just like that, doesn't right. it? Right. Nice. Yeah. If you want to stop me, don't even try. Bit Weinstein. I, I, there's a lot of stuff going on that he says like, like this. There's a lot of very kind of. This is the place of the man lyrics. Uh, but this got to number twelve, by the way. But the thing that's going for this song is it is the one with this big chorus. Yeah. Sure. It's just catch. I mean, it's pure pop. Yeah, of course. This is you could imagine this by any boy band mm-hmm. uh, with a different instrumentation behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very lightweight. Sure. But it's but you know what? Yeah, I the, the podcast called Pop Collaborating Us, and we yeah. celebrate stuff like this. It's lightweight, but it's catchy, and it's a solid, solid tune. Yeah, it's got a key change at the end. Yeah. Like it. I mean, there, this album is not short of key changes. No, it does a few of those. You know, this is, if you listen to the, the Reckless stuff, the Summer 69, mm-hmm. I'll run to you, and you went, if we just diluted this a little bit, yeah. you know, took some of the edge off fucking uh, run to you, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is what you'd end up with. Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. It, it, well, it is exactly what you happen if you got land in to produce, to it. produce it and within an right. inch of its life. Mate. And, and, right, we haven't mentioned the Def Leppard stuff yet. No, we've got Adrenalise coming up, haven't we, this year? We do, yeah. But there are so many instances on this album yeah. where I go, that just sounds like Def Leppard. That just sounds like Hysteria. Yeah. Oh, uh, without and a it, doubt. it's not like... Oh, I can see that that's the same producer. It literally sounds like Def Leppard oh, no, doing I've, the I've song. Got, I've got notes on that throughout, right. the, throughout this. It's fucking crazy. But yeah, this is this is middle of the road. Oh, so I don't think this one sounds like Def Leppard. Not this one particularly, no. But it, it sounds like that 80s. There's no kind of sense that this was a, re- a live recording. Mm-hmm. This is like kind of cut and paste together from multiple takes on a massive desk. Yeah. In the, you know, I mean, you know, Hysteria is you know, one of the most overproduced albums in the world. But it's kind of glorious for it because it's an article uh. of how ridiculous that is. You know, it's it's there's just something about Hysteria. I'm not I'm not really a Def Leppard fan, as you know. Nah. But there's something about Hysteria that is kind of wonderfully overblown and stupid. And oh, plus yeah. it's got some fucking great songs. It has some great songs and it sounds like itself. You know, you, go, you, you hear yeah. it and you go... That is, that is exactly that. Yeah. I mean, rock particularly, actually. Uh, certainly when it was going through big waves of being popular, it did always go through a thing of there would be one producer who was particularly successful and yeah. they would have an imprint on that sound, you know. Sure. I mean, you know, new metal, it was Ross Robinson. Yeah, or Gugga Garth. Gugga Garth, yeah. Uh, or, you know, Terry Date. Or um, Rick Rubin is obviously another one. Who's your man who produced? Never mind. Oh, uh, Butch Vig. Butch Vig. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, and that's it. You know, you, you, there is there is an element of you know rock is always uh, the same instruments, generally mm-hmm. speaking, and some of it, you know, the, the songs are played slightly differently, but a lot of the time the innovation does come in how they sound on record. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, and I suppose a lot of that is record companies, especially going, oh well, band X had a huge hit yeah. with this producer and that, that sound. Mm-hmm. We want a huge hit. Yeah. So get that producer in, make him sound yeah, like I that. I mean, it's, it's still going on now. I mean, the biggest problem I've got with rock at the moment is so much of it is just the same fucking plugins and the same oh, right, sounds yeah. and everything sounds so anonymous. Right. Uh, you know, all this kind of the tech metal stuff and, you know, a lot of the stuff that comes out just doesn't have any personality, which is why I'm switched off from it. Fair enough. Anyway. Okay. Uh, I've got nothing really much else to say on this, except it's okay. It's all right. 
I like this one. I think it's one of the better songs on the album. It definitely is. Yeah. Definitely is. Uh, it stands out. Again, I don't know whether it's just because this is the one that gets played on all these stations yeah. or comes up on uh, you know, telly every so often. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've just got indoctrinated into thinking it's pretty good. Well, I don't know. That's, right. that's the job of pop. Well, true. That's it, the job. It's of wormed pop. its way in. Yeah, um, and you know, it's, let's be honest as well. It's all about the chorus. The rest of the tune take Tell a leave. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Anyway, right. So track four is called "Thought I Died and Gone to Heaven." And, they, and again, I suspect that's a phrase they just came up with. And yeah. When there's another song, this one does at least sound different. Though. It's like lower key. True. It's a bit more brooding. Yes. It's slower, more serious. Tell you what, this feels like though. Uh huh. It feels like this era of White Snake. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was the fourth single. The lyric in it. Like, the lyric is, I lie awake beside you, but it sounds like he's saying, in- lie awake inside you. <laughs> 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 just how I do it. <laughs> Go back to sleep. It's you, okay. You want to be with Adams? This is how we sleep. <laughs> You're dreaming. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. And now that's Def Leppard. Oh, this is crazy Def Leppard. This yeah. Bit. Yeah. That whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. I mean, he might as well got Joe Elliott in to do it. It's so, he sounds like Joe Elliott, yeah. doesn't he? It, it, like, do you reckon they had some... Oh, oh, oh. That's yeah. massively Death Leopard. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then the, the chorus comes in. I think the chorus is a pretty decent chorus. Oh, yeah? Well, it's okay. I think it's a solid chorus. Sure. I mean, it, it's a, it, it's a, I imagine live, it's a good sing along one. Yeah. yeah. If I divorce myself from all of the similarities to other things, uh-huh. this is one of the better songs on the record okay but probably because I like the things that it does more than I like I see it's reminding you of the stuff that you like it doesn't sound as generic as quite a lot of the rest of the record does okay so I do I I do like this one but I like it with a fairly long laundry list of reservations sure no that's fair you gotta wonder whether this is a song that they had left over from a Def Leppard session oh what Mutt Lang yeah so many of these could be. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you can make it so sound so much like Def Leppard hmm. without having them in the studio. This is the last gasp for this kind of sound, though, isn't it? This sound's about to get a fucking kick in. Oh, we'll discuss that in a bit. Indeed, it, but it exactly is. This is this is the 80s all over. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is, he was writing this towards the end of the 80s. Uh, it was supposed to be released in 1990, which would have been the very end of yeah. the 80s. This is an 80s album released years too late. Well, you know, you know that bit in uh, in a first series of Alan Partridge, where he's meeting with the TV producer, yeah, and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, Morse, Bergerac, uh, Shoestring. What does that tell you about regional detective shows? Uh, that there's too many of them. And he goes, No, he could take it like that. Or how about people like them? Let's make some more. <laughs> yeah. right? Which is very much the idea behind this record. Yeah, sure. Or it's like in The Simpsons as well, where Disco Stew has the graph of uh, disco sales from 1977 <laughs> to 79. Yeah. That's just going up. He says, if we follow this trajectory, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> disco. <laughs> disco Stew, don't advertise. <laughs> That's still one of my favourite bits of the Simpsons. Mate, it's the best. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
I love the way that that was just a throwaway joke and he just became a character after that. Yeah. That joke was so good that he became he, a character. So good. <laughs> 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 so I could take me five minutes to laugh about that. Yeah. Um, again, in the whole album, there are a lot of lyrics that I think should have been thought a little bit more yeah. about before you, you know, absolutely put them on a record. One of the ones in here... Such a night I never had before. Thought I'd died and gone to heaven because what I got, there ain't no cure for. Well, Ooh. that doesn't sound like a good night to me. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, mate. Not in the 80s. No, I reckon you've, you've met someone backstage at a gig yeah. and regretted that instantly. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, that sounds terrible, man. Right. Uh, another big key change in this one. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and look, you, can, you can tell as soon as you get to like the second line, you yeah. go... Oh, there's going to be a key change. In oh, this. without a doubt, doesn't it have like? Does it have like two key changes? I feel like this. Oh, this is it, is it, I'm, not, I'm not sure, man. But I, I kind of maybe it dropped down and then went up again. Maybe right. But like, I mean, obviously, it starts fairly low, and maybe the reason you start low is so you've got further to go. Of course, there's a yeah. journey, my friend. Yeah. Uh, there's another line in this that I fucking cracked up. Um, it's towards the end. In fact, the very last line is I "Never thought it could be this good. You made love to me the way it ought to be." I'm guessing missionary with the lights off. Yeah, because he's I'm Canadian. Thinking. Yeah, yeah, wearing a, a sleeveless denim jacket, <laughs> holding a hunting rifle. That's the way it ought to be. <laughs> Drinking a Molson <laughs> <laughs> on an ice hockey rink. <laughs> That's the way it ought to be, man. Yes, indeed, it ought to be. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Right, okay. Uh, so, track five, track five is called "Not Guilty." And that reminds me of something. I, um, is it? Is it every song ever written by may, a white man with a guitar? Maybe like one of the ACDC intros, something like that. <laughs> Bought my first six string. Not quite, yeah. <laughs> now, this is I, I mean, problematic. Look, I mean, like the thing is, that is so problematic. I mean, you, you could, if I was going to rename this song, I'd call it Weinstein the Musical. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it's basically right. Basically. It's called Not Guilty, yeah. right? And that is being used as a metaphor uh, for the fact that there's there's nothing illegal about how, about me loving you. Yeah, exactly. And I'm coming on strong. And basically what he's describing is harassment. Definitely. I mean, it, it definitely Absolutely. is, right? He has, he has got, uh, you know, he comes, obviously he comes from a kind of a land where men are men and women are women. Mm. Um, and that shit ain't going to hold up in court these days, my friend. No. No, it, it's... Uh, He's been protesting far too much as well. Like, yeah. So, mate, what these accusations you're throwing at me? I'm not guilty. I just love you. I yeah. just love. I mean, if anything, I love you too much. It's like, yes, yeah. you really funny. To the point of obsession. And yeah, I'm gonna have to get some judge to make you stay away from me. Yeah. I mean, like the, the the lyric here that says, "The love police are looking for me." The love, yeah, police. the love police. Just the police, mate. With their love truncheons. Oh my God! Don't. Ooh. No, is anyway, a, a I mean, line in there. I'm not guilty for loving you. It's like screaming. It's your fault. You made me do this. I mean, are you starting to notice that none of the female characters in these songs seem particularly well fleshed out. No, they really aren't. I mean, this song. When I was listening to this, I thought, "Fucking, this is a long one. It's oh. a re- this is a really long one. It's only four minutes twelve. Yeah, it feels long though, doesn't oh, okay. it? I mean, there's not that many actually long songs on there. There's only three that are over six minutes. Yeah. But there's yeah, 15 I know what you songs. Mean. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, this one. It's just dodgy. This is a poor. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I don't know much about Brian Adams. I don't. I don't get the impression he's a. You know, you'd have thought you'd have heard about it by now, wouldn't you? Well, indeed. I just think he's come up. 
with a terrible idea. Yep. And he's seen it through to the terrible limit. Yes, it's, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, again, bet you this is one where they went, let's do a song, we'll call it Not Guilty, and it's about uh, being accused of loving someone too much. Yeah. And you're saying, no, well, I, how can I help myself? Yeah. And they've not stopped to think, well, that's a bad premise. You just have to. The, the last couple of lines in this as well, she's everything, she's a schoolboy's dream, she's rock and roll, she's a knockout combination, it's a sticky situation. Yeah, that's bad. But that's, again, that's what, the point that I wrote, these women aren't, they're just objects, aren't yeah. they? Oh, totally. You know, there's... But again, this is presumably coming out of the 80s, Mutt Lang doing all these... Yeah. Leopard and whatever whatever other ones he did. The misogyny was big in the 80s. Yeah. And, you know, bitches loved it. <laughs> Quite. I've seen those rock videos. I mean, it's bad. With anyway. women on, like, stretched across car bonnets. Well, you know, I mean, you know, you've seen a you know, hip-hop video. You know, yeah. the, 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 it exists and it's rife and never quite understand why everyone buys into it. But, yeah. you know, I mean I, I mean, I wouldn't have thought twice about the lyrics of this song in 1991. I just thought he was a man no, being a man. But, well, you know, we li- but he doesn't, you know, so, you, you know, we can't be overly hard on it. It was, you know, it's it's a... It's a it's a simpler time and a straightforward song that probably doesn't have the malice you can read into it. No, you're right. However, it doesn't look good in, in 2019. No, this is it? this is the the thing that we are you know critiquing it and you know, doing it for effect to an extent because it's so easy to do. But yeah. it, there is, I don't think there is any malice in this song. I mean, but mate, the thing is, man, if you want me to stop doing that, throw me some fucking good songs. Well, precisely. This is not an interesting tune. Exactly. This is know. another run-of-the-mill, sub-average bollocks rock song. It's no bitch is a bitch, is it? It certainly is not. No. Anyway, right, so let's take a break. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're a third of the way through this album, so we'll take a break and look at the top ten albums. So we are looking at the 29th of September to the 5th of October. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, a couple of new ones in here. We've seen some already. Number 10 is Status Quo's Rock Till You Drop. I think Which they did. <laughs> True. <laughs> so it's what he would have wanted. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking, he's still going and he half it. Uh, so yeah, number nine is The Cult Ceremony. Right, let's have a look. I'm some... not sure if that is a best of or not. Never big into The Cult. Again, Lee Lewis is big into The Cult. I know well, that. I don't know how you can be. Studio, no, studio, studio album, uh, Ceremony, Wild Hearted Sun, Earth Mofo, uh, Why If, Full Tilt, Heart of Soul, Bangkok Rain, Indian, Sweet Salvation, and One Lad. I know none of not, those not songs. One. Well, because none of them are She's Our Sanctuary or Rain. Yeah, well, there you go. All right, no, I don't I, I don't remember that album and don't care about it. No. Um, number eight, though, new entry, uh, Primal Scream, Screaming Delica. Okay. And that was a big album for me. I loved that album. I'd been looking forward to it because mm-hmm. I loved the singles that they'd released so far yeah. off it. You'd had Loaded, you'd had uh, Don't Fight It, Feel It, mm-hmm. and uh, Higher Than The Sun. See, again, like this is an album that I, sh- you know, I had enough interest in uh, Loaded. Mm-hmm. That I would have checked this album out. Yeah. It just the opportunity didn't present itself to me. Gotcha. Or I didn't, or it wasn't high enough on the list of things that I wanted to get. And it's one of those things that it's like if I'd have got that record, it could have been a whole, you know, kind of a whole different U turn. It could have gone in. Who a, knows? You know, so maybe, you know, it's that, it's that missed fucking. Uh, oh, what sliding doors thing? Yeah, exactly. It's the, the thing that stopped me from having uh, yeah, DMs and cut off shorts and a right. Carter t shirt, you know? You never know. At the time, I thought it was fucking groundbreaking mm-hmm. and proper world-changing for me. Mm-hmm. 
um, because there were so many big tunes, uh, so many bits of sampling that I hadn't heard in, a, in that, that sort of a, an indie dance record. So many different beats, and you know, Higher in the Sun was huge bassline, dubby as fuck. I'm not sure if I went back and listened to it now as an album whether it would hold up. I yeah. think it, I think it would have its moments, but it was it's so 1991 for me. Yeah, I think it would just remind me of that Fair time, enough. and it wouldn't be. Oh, this is still great. Did you still like them when they kind of tried to reinvent themselves as the Rolling Stones? Not at all. No, I hated that. No, absolutely. No, not one bit. And to be honest, I've not particularly liked any album since. Mm. Not even like the, the really supposedly cool ones, you right. know, Terminator and stuff, haven't actually liked them. But I fucking loved Screamy Dallas. Like Fair that. enough, man. Fair yeah, enough. Big thing for me. Uh, number seven is The Pixies, Trompe Le Monde. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that peaked at number seven. Which is a very, very good chart position, if you ask me, for a Pixies record mm. in 91. Obviously, you know, huge, uh, hugely important band, huge cult band. But I didn't think they were a number seven band. No, I mean, I, 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 I've got such a big black hole mm. uh, in my life. A black Francis the, hole. A black fact. Francis hole, fuck <laughs> me. Where the Pixies should be. Yeah. Uh, as I said, I never, never got into the Pixies, never listened to them properly. But this album, I don't think, would be... This is absolutely not my favourite Pixies album. This was kind of their... Well, I don't think it's as good as the previous stuff. Right, okay. I think I think it's got some brilliant songs on it, but I don't think it's as good. I'll take your word for it. Uh, number six is Mark Boland, T-Rex Ultimate Collection. Number five, Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1. Nice. Number four, Paul Young, Singles Collection. Number three, Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 2. Nice. And number two is Dar Straits on Every Street, which we did. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, that, that's your, your top ten for this week. And uh, to be honest, there aren't a lot of other albums doing the rounds that I thought were worth talking about this week. There are some albums that are released this week, but they kind of peak in the charts in the next couple of weeks. So we'll mention it then when they got to their highest positions. But the one that I saw that we should talk about is Nirvana's Nevermind, which went into the charts this week at number 36. I mean, never heard of them. I know. Well, it went in at number 36 and then dropped down the next week. It's so bizarre when you look at the chart action of Nevermind. Went in low. Yeah. Next week dropped out of the 40. Next week went down to like number 70. Mm-hmm. It maybe went up a little bit at some point. But the thing is, Smells Like Teen Spirit hadn't been out at this point. Yeah. This was purely on whatever hype they were writing before that and no one expected this i mean i, I know. you know i mean obviously geffen saw something in him because you know he wasn't in the in the the habit of signing bands that did no numbers of course but no one saw what this was about to do not at all not at all um because it was in like the top 100 or whatever top 200 for years mm-hmm. um but the highest it ever got to was number 7 and that was in february 92 yeah it never got into the top five, and it was just hovering around the 30s and 40s for so long. Okay. It's crazy. I mean, the question we've got, Chris DeGreer, yes, is do we do a special on this record? Um, it's a big enough album that I think we'd be remiss not to. I think I think we would. Yeah. yeah we, mean, can do, we can do a separate conversation about Nevermind yeah. and ha- dig a little bit deeper into it. I, th- I mean, I, I think I'm ready to yeah. have a good listen to it, which does mean we're going to have another week of... Another week of rock, so apologies. Uh-huh. Um, we'll have to put uh, Simply Red off for another week. I mean, uh, Sorry, Mick. Okay, not. what else can we do in between? Because I really... <laughs> I, make, I, make, I mean, as much as I try and go into these things with an open heart, I fucking... Yeah. I'm not looking forward That's to Simply, Simply Red. 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 I know, it's looming like a... Ginger cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I know. Okay, well, let's do that then. Next week, we will do uh, a bonus episode on Nirvana's Nevermind. We'll, no, we'll dig into right. that. Wonderful stuff, cool. yeah. All right, but that's all I really have for the albums this week. So, yeah. uh, not much to talk about. Not a massive week for it. Fair enough, though. But, I mean, I do, I do think there is, like, a certain beauty in the fact that we're doing this album on the week that... Uh, Nevermind comes out. Uh, look, Brian Adams is number one. Yeah, because this is Nevermind is thirty six. Yeah, you know this is exactly the kind of record that is going to get swept away. Definitely by the you know for right or for better or worse. But by it, what's yeah, the, the cultural uh, sea change that, that happens. Cultural yeah. sea change. Mm. Listen to us like we fucking write for you. What the hell? <laughs> All right, uh, back into the album though. Track number six, which is called Vanishing. This seems to me to be a song about both kind of losing a relationship with a loved one and about damaging the environment. Am I reading that right, Jake? I mean, I'm not sure. There's the stuff about, you know, it seems to be the, the some bits of nature are vanishing as well as our love. I, I, mean, to be that. I mean, I didn't pick up on that on my read through the lyrics. Oh, I could uh, be wrong. But I've got no lyrical notes on this one, really. Oh, right. my, my, my note here says this whole song sounds like a breakdown in a Def Leppard song. Oh, all right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. I'm, yeah. It was at this point, I, I made a note here that said, I'm kind of running out of things to say about these songs. Oh, without just saying the same thing. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, I went, this is like, it's, it's root rock, it's root one mm. rock, entry level. It kind of does all the things that these songs should do, but simultaneously does nothing at all. Right, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, this sounds like a retread of the other stuff he's done already. Yeah. On tracks one before. I'm bored, very yeah. bored by this. This but, bit, this reminds me of Jack and Diane by John Cooper Mellencamp. Uh, okay. That little ditty about Jack and oh, Diane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that clapping, that mm. There's a strange line as well. The, the, the bit about... Um, I, I've got a note about I wonder if it's the same lyric. I've got one. Go on. I've got one row. want to row your river, darling, if it takes all night. Yeah. It's, mate, if it takes all night, there's something wrong with your technique. <laughs> Uh, it's just a, not a metaphor that I think is and a it, and, good one. And if it's a river, mm. she's just pissed on you. Yeah, or pick the scabs and let them run. Oh, fuck me. You know. Oh, my God, that's the worst thing you've ever said. <laughs> that's one of my favourite jokes. Pick the, oh pick, my, pick the scabs and let them, let them run. run. Yeah. Name of your solo album. <laughs> You're quite name my sex tape. Oh. Uh, uh, obviously about longing that whatever they had... Uh, was still as yeah. good as it once was. Yeah. That's really, but it's vanishing. It's it's the breakdown of a relationship. Yeah, I mean, just 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 talk to her, mate. I mean, did you ask her to do your cooking again? <laughs> Those microwave meals. I, I, I need you to be cooking for me. <laughs> so yeah. uh, oh, you're, you're going. Like, I'll let you use my razor. Yeah, you you want to you want to have a conversation about uh, gender roles, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. This is obviously cack. Yeah. Right? 
But this got into my head oh, again fuck after off. the fourth or fifth listen. No. I was like, yeah, honestly, I'm not having that. Yeah. That you, that is, what's wrong with you? God only knows. <sighs> but I mean, you, you, yeah, I feel like you, you held me to account for some of that Guns and Roses shit. And, oh well, that's fair. And I mean, it is fair. Yeah. It absolutely, is fair. But I've got no. You, there's, there's no justifying this. I, I'm I, glad you like it. I, but no. I, I, I'm not going to go so far as say like, but I, <laughs> I ended up going. This is probably one of. My favourite ones on the on the record because I was so unimpressed with the rest. Spoilers. Yeah, I know. Yeah, strapping guys, we've got another fucking ten tracks to ten do. Tracks. Yeah, uh, there's another line. Uh, what are you gonna do without a shoulder to lean on? Yeah, reminds me. I had a friend who, when he got sad, he just wanted to colour in the tops of my arms. I think he just wanted a shoulder to crayon. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I mean no. this is. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is a, the situation. That... <laughs> it's a sticky situation. But I, I find myself involuntarily. <laughs> I mean, I do ask myself why we do this sometimes, and I'm, it's never yeah. more relevant than, than <laughs> in those moments. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, 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 the sheer pain on your face. It makes it worthwhile for me. Jesus honest. Christ. Yeah. But uh, that's pretty much the, the high point of my take on this song yeah i think that's uh, yeah i'm let's track seven <laughs> just immediately just move on okay the, this, this, this next track's called uh house arrest yes turns out that previous trial didn't go so well <laughs> <laughs> there are far too many songs on here about being on the wrong side of the law yeah all right house arrest And that reminds me of ACDC. Yeah. Like, you shook me all night long. Oh, without a doubt. Bit of cowbell. Right, look, this is a very ACDC rip-off-esque song about how the fact he's having a big party Uh and he doesn't care what the consequences are. And I'll be honest with you, as a homeowner... Uh Uh-huh. I come from a very different place these days on this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look, mate, you're 32 at this point, Brian. Hire a hall. Right, yeah, absolutely. Grow up, mate. Don't. If you know you're going to be annoying your neighbours, don't do it. No, and he is absolutely sure he's going to be annoying his neighbours. He's, he's saying yeah. it entirely all the whole way through this song. Yeah. That the neighbours are not going to like this. Yeah. But that's their issue. Well, I think that's inconsiderate. That's totally right. And the Neighbourhood Watch Scheme, or whatever they're called, the Housing Association, yeah. probably have some words. I would imagine so, yeah. I mean, look, I, the fact of the matter is, as well, I don't believe a word of it. Nope. I don't look, I believe... Right, I don't want to go to that party. I think there's going to be... I think he's going to have put a lot of thought into the snacks. Uh-huh. And they'll they'll be solid, but no one's getting there until the party at Axel Rose's house is over. For sure. That's going to be well, a better party. Well, the people who are at this party are people you wouldn't want to be at a party with. Oh, without a doubt. And a lot of people are going to arrive early, but then yeah. have to go because they've got a babysitter. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like work in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be uh, at some point. At some point, he's going to take you off into uh, uh, like his man cave and show you his new stereo. Oh God! And probably play this song on. Yeah, it. exactly. And, uh-huh. it, and he'll ask you to appreciate the high end. Yeah. Oh, you uh, hear that cowbell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be a selection of guitars in that room, and he'll talk to you even though you know nothing about guitars. Uh-huh. Uh, look, honestly, man, I want to go to the party at Axel Rose's house where I don't want to put my hand down in case I get tetanus. Right? That's the one <laughs> yeah. I want to be. Right, sure. If you're saying, oh, we're going to annoy the neighbours and I don't care, 
It means you've thought too much about it, and you do care. Yeah, you've probably sent them a note. Yeah, you've probably sent them a note. Uh, yeah, we're really going to piss these guys off. Oh, what, what you, you, you've got them a hotel out of town, Brian. <laughs> Don't believe it, mate. It's bullshit. Yeah, no, it, I thought this sounds like if you asked, you know, a 12-year-old what sort of parties they really wanted to have when they grow up, Yeah, that's what they th- would think a yeah. good rock and roll party would be like. Exactly. This is not a, a good party at all. And it's it, the whole. It's so horribly cringy. Where he's, it's the the whole overriding sentiment is like, we're just having some fun, you squares. Yeah. You know, come on, granddad. Yeah, and then look at the album cover. Fuck me. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, it's like you know what I mean. It's not like it's not like a youthful. It's not like you know. I want to rock by Twisted Sister, sure. which is one hell of a tune. That's a brilliant song. God, it's so good. Yeah. Who was this for? Who was re- imagine the level of rebellion you'd have to be at. If this, this was the song yeah. where you're like, oh, actually, yeah, I am going to stay up past 10. <laughs> I'm going to have that extra bag of crisps. I know, man. Um, in terms of this song, the tune as well, uh, it's dull. Runt. Wrote is an excellent word. And rhyming dictionary bullshit, in, especially in the first verse, where it's like he rhymes noise and boys, chairs and stairs, doors and floors. It's like... Cat and Matt. It, honest to God, this yeah. is like primary school level. And mate, you know, he is not a lyricist. No, no. And sometimes that's fine if the tune withstands it. Yeah. But this isn't one of those no, times. I don't think so. Is, I... No, this is the one where he has the title. This is Waking Up the Neighbours in, yeah. you know, in the lyrics of this song. So this is where it came from. And it is. It's supposed to be about parties and youthful rebellion and having a good time. Mm-hmm. But it, it does not sound anything like he intends it to. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the main problem with this song is that it's shit. But there you go. That's yeah. kind of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, there is a story, and I love this, that, um, you know, this album called Waking Up the Neighbours, and this song, oh, we're going to have a party, we're going to mm-hmm. fucking stay up, and we're going to cause some noise and get some fucking party going. Apparently, in the 90s, he bought a house in Chelsea. Right. Uh, when he got fucking proper money. You sure, know? sure. Bought a house in Chelsea. Uh, but underneath it, there was a pub, which had been there for years and years and years. Yeah. So he bought the pub and shut it down because it was too noisy. Well, there you go. Yeah. They were waking up the neighbours and he didn't like it. Exactly. Fucking hell. What, uh, isn't that 100% accurate? Amazing. Wanker. I know. I've always I quite know. liked Brian Adams, but as this album goes on, <laughs> I'm starting to worry. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm giving you a lot of benefit of the doubt here. That that's, it's that Mutt Lang's influence. Well. I bet your fucking Mutt Lang wouldn't go to any of his parties. God, no. Well, he'd be a Def Leppard. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was another story, a similar thing, when Bobby Gillespie from Primal Scream, who, mm-hmm. you know, notorious fucking party, yeah. druggy, everything, trashed, you know, houses yeah. and stuff. He apparently sent a letter to the council about the pub at the end of his road. Oh, I saw this. Because yeah. it was, you know, staying open past 11 o'clock and he could hear the jukebox sort of yeah. thing. And saying, well, this isn't good. This is, you know, keeping my family up. Yeah. It's like, mate, you're Bobby Gillespie. Yeah. You did all of this. Mm-hmm. This is your fault at some point. Well, for sure, man, for sure. But, I mean, that's the cycle of it, though. Uh, you know, exactly. You, you know, at some point, you're the noisy cunt. Yeah. And then at some point, you go, oh, those people are arseholes. And your viewpoint completely changes. And you buy the pub and shut it down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is what you've done. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, anyway. uh, now, this just blends in with the rest of the album to me. 
There's nothing special about it at all. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I'm you know, I'm I'm not even really making a lot of notes about the songs. Right. I'm just like just general fucking comments on <laughs> Brian Adams. Fair enough. Um, all right, so let's go to track eight. Do I have to say the words? This one was the sixth single, and it, that's oh god, when was that? Uh, September 1992. So right. it's a long way off the album, and it peaked at number 30 in the UK. I mean, that's still high for this song. Yeah. It's got that Top Gun bass in it, straight out of 1986. Yeah. I mean, one, yeah, I, think one, I, think, I think the first lyric on this is Rescue Me From The Mire, and I have never felt a lyric more than when I was listening to this <laughs> Yeah. I mean, all, the only notes I've got on this, I'll just read them out and then I'll stop. Go on. Another breakup song. It's so long, it just won't end. Right. When well, this is one of those. This is six minutes ten. This is six hours. Of, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, this is again another one. I think they come up with the title first. Do I have to say the words? That doesn't mean anything. But we'll, we'll stick it on a single. And it's very, very kind of Joe Elliott vocal on it again, it's, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that incredibly Joe Elliott? Yeah. Um. This is another one I would say take it off the album. You know, if you're looking to cut your dirt from 15 to 10, let's say, this is gone. Straight away. Don't put it out as a single. Who's buying this? Fuck. I have no one. Who's buying this? Who's buying this two? uh, Who's buying this a year after fucking Nevermind comes out? Well, I mean, well, well, we talked about earlier. Lots of fucking people's mums. But this is, you know, this is rock and roll at its least dangerous. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And therefore least exciting to me. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing in this for me at all. No. Um, there are three false endings on this. Like you said, this is six no, minutes what, long. What you call it? What false endings? I call them broken promises. <laughs> Lies. Nice. A lie is a lie, Krista. Yeah. Um, the last one goes on for a minute and a half. Let's like just don't do that bit where you come back. Yeah. Stop it. Don't don't do that bit where you come back and record another seven songs no. for this record. Well, quite. Um, anyway, so yeah, no, yeah. No, nothing to say about that one. Not at all. Okay. Not bad. Track nine is There Will Never Be Another Tonight. And I was listening to this album last night and I was thinking, <laughs> if only that were true. <laughs> this was the third single. Well, so this, this falls into the dramatic stomper category. Sure. Like, this is a big stadium rock kind of thing it's got to number 32 so it didn't do very well i mean at this point i have lost the strength to criticize the lyrics um right look if you like the other ones you'll like this one if you didn't like the other ones it sounds like them sure yeah yeah but the chorus is okay yes but it, it well it might be just the title but it brought to mind to me spinal taps tonight i'm gonna rock you tonight yeah. just for clunky uh, lyrics yeah. You know, obviously, Smile Taps is intentionally bad. Yes. This is not, but it is bad. It's so bad. Yeah. I mean, look, I, the, the note I've got on this one, I think, is very telling. It just says, can we listen to Carcass now, please? Oh, see. <laughs> it, was, that, it was that point when I was making my notes today that I, I looked up uh, I looked up when that Carcass album was coming up and right. I to make a note of it. I see. Yeah. You just needed something else. Yeah, yeah. I did actually pause, I did pause this song and I listened... Uh, uh, what did I listen to? Fucking um, Rika Putrefaction. Okay. Yeah, I listened to that. Just was like, just a palate cleanser. Right, I see. Did it help? 
yeah. it made me not want to go back to this record and yeah. want some more carcass, but yeah, yeah sure. anyway. Um, I mean, this, right, this is so, track nine. We're nine songs in, and this is literally another one of the same sound of songs. Yeah. Sli- it's another one thematically where it's let's have a good time all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there will never be another tonight, so seize the day, have, have the best time you can, don't worry about tomorrow, that sort of shit. But the, here's what got me, right? This 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 really annoyed me. Oh right, yeah, okay. From for myself, good. I was I was so upset. It is this is a song about, you know, party. Let's have a good time. There will never be another tonight. Yeah. Is this just proto Andrew WK? Oh no, because I'm I'm pretty sure there's a song on the Wolf, which right. is one of my favorite albums ever made. Yeah. That is probably identically uh, lyrically identical to this. But that doesn't matter. What. See, oh no, 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 Krista. Yeah. Okay. Here is something that there is something fundamental in rock and roll, and that's the main problem with this album, and it's attitude. Mm-hmm. It's attitude, and it's where you're coming from. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyone can write this music. It's not fucking complicated, right? It's a four-four structured sure. music, four instruments. That's all you got to do, right? But what? The, the, what makes rock and roll magical when it works is the attitude behind it and it's what the people are saying and the way in yeah. which they are saying it and what they fucking mean, right? And that is why, and we will discuss this at the end when we break down, that's why there is a million, million miles between this and the records we listened to last week, which mm-hmm. are ostensibly the same genre. Oh, Okay. Right. They, no, no, they are. They're both stadium rock and roll albums yeah. with a blues inflection, the guitar right, heavy. Sure, okay. But I tell you what, there is light and night and day between those two records. Right? Yes, there is. And for all of the faults of those Guns N' Roses records, mate, I would fucking listen to them on repeat between now and the end of time before I fucking listen to this record again. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Well, yeah, I was just, I was worried in case, you know, the, the Andrew WK thing would put me off. You know, no. uh, make me go, oh, crap. He's just channeling 1991 Brian Adams. Look, look the, but, the, the problem when Andrew WK came out and we and we thought it was cheesy when it came out is because yeah. it was too close to this, but it's not. It's just, you I know. It's it, a joke. Yeah, I mean, I, it but it, I mean, it kind of is. It's high art, man. Yeah, oh, very it's, much so. You art. know, it's, it's Kaufman-esque. Yeah. Andrew WK is... Exists oh, on so many fucking different levels. You can slice it different ways. You can take it straight on and take it completely fucking seriously. You can take it as, you know, kind of entire satire. You can, but you, in the heart of it somewhere, you learn something about yourself. Oh, and the heart of it for me is the tunes on the wolf. Oh my god, just the, every the single insane, song man. on that is just brilliant. The yeah. tune is just you could you, you could be instrumentals and they'd still be amazing. Yeah, well, but the, this could be instrumentals, but it would. Just be one song. What year did it come out, The Wolf? The Wolf, 2001. That's a shame, isn't it? I know. I know. Maybe do a special just for your birthday. Just for me. Um, This is another one where there's so much Def Leppard going on that it's, you know, I'd almost thought that I could bring a load of beers up and drink every time it sounds like Def Leppard, but I wouldn't be able to make it home. Yeah. It's another one of those. Nothing else going on in this that I give a shit about. No. No, no, me either. Uh, Track 10. Right. All I Want Is You. Which is unfortunately not a cover of my favourite U2 song. No. I mean, all I want at this point is a song that isn't about his dick. 
and what he wants to do uh, with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. like... That line there, yeah, don't want no fashion, don't want to be cool. Yeah. It's like, well, well done. Well done, you have achieved that. Yeah, really, that's spot on, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, I mean, aside from the fact that this is uh, essentially power of love. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't mean, uh-huh. uh, don't need money, don't need fame, don't uh-huh. need no credit card to ride, ride this train, train, right? Yep. Right, apart from that, right, basically, what he does. I mean, the first one is more about things, but then the second one, he's, he's talking about, like, I don't want no politics. All of these kind of things that a human being might talk about, you don't want none of these. All I want is you. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you don't want any of my opinions, well, would you want just some pussy? Pretty much. That's, that's basically Pretty what the song is. Much. It's like, I don't need things. All I need is to fuck you, right? Well, I, maybe they couldn't, have, they couldn't call it all I want is pussy because they were thinking it might be a single at some point. But I don't think it's even that. It's, I've got this idea of what a woman is. <laughs> I've got this idea. I mean, it's... I mean, it involves cooking no microwaves and aprons, right? Yeah. We'll get to the apron later. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, but all I want is you. It's like, no, what you want is this fucking fake version of me you've constructed in your mind. Sure. That's that's what this is. It's, I mean, it, it, the whole thing sounds like a rejected Def Leppard song again. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's lyrically moribund. It's not interesting in any way. It's not fun. No, well, it's one of these ones because that kind of mid-tempo, well, it's slower than mid, yeah. but I can see it. I imagine if it was live in concert, you'd be clapping along. It's one of those audience participation, clapping time nonsense. What I would be doing if I I saw it in concert is I'd be going, oh, fuck, I'm in the wrong room. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and think, oh, this isn't Ryan Adams. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be going to see Ryan Adams. Anyway, so yeah, no, No. I mean, I've got nothing else on that. There's a sample lyric that I enjoyed. Okay. Uh, If you don't need love, and I'm... I'm gonna say yeah because it's it's written yeah yeah it's okay. not if you don't need it. it's if yeah don't yeah. need love you gotta be nuts the heaviest metal will always rust you and me babe hanging tough it's gotta be love or bust those are awful oh without the, a doubt each yeah. little bit of that mm-hmm. is awful and then he's just strung it all together yeah. to make the worst sentence in the world yeah I mean it's it's outstanding it's, uh, that's impressively bad yeah it's, it's almost like if we had a challenge to put a sentence like that together mm. we wouldn't be able to do it couldn't it's you know like, well I just go, you can't write sorry, this mate, stuff Brian Adams is, is beating us to the punch exactly yeah right, exactly now, and the outro on this is far too long as well yeah rubbish this is, uh, it's only five and a half minutes but yeah it just goes on and on and on uh, okay well we're two thirds of the way through let's so, do the uh, singles do singles man Right, so top 10 singles this week. Number 10, Julian Lennon, Saltwater, which I vaguely remember. I remember him having, a, you know, a career at this point. <sighs> I don't no, don't remember it nah. at all. Uh, number nine, Zoe's Sunshine on a Rainy Day. Number eight, Sabrina Johnson's Peace. Seven, Right Said Fred, I'm Too Sexy. Six, Rosala, Everybody's Free. Number five is a re-release of this, and I suspect this was the first time I remember this song. I don't know if I heard it on the first release. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love this song. Do you, see, I don't... I can't... I love this I mean, song, man. I kind of know that I should because it ticks all of my terrible soft rock boxes. Right. 
but I just don't think there's that good a tune to it. Oh man, it's, it's, I know, it, I'll sing along every time. It's, it's, it's all it's all in the the kind of slightly German vocal inflection. Oh, okay, like, yeah. Jesus, <laughs> 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 fucking problematic album covers. Jesus, you can't you oh, can't, can't, can't go any further than the Scorpions. Yeah, we won't <laughs> be putting that on the social media. Jesus. Oh. Uh, number four, Erasers Love to Hate You. Number three, Oceanic Insanity. Two, Salt and Pepper Love to Talk About Sex. And number one is still Brian Adams with Everything I Do. Yes. So that's your top ten. Only one really new thing in there. Uh, and to be honest, there's not a lot else in the, the singles chart this week either. It's a very poor week for releases. The only one I've got, and I, let's see if you remember this. I really enjoyed this. Okay. Uh, it, it's very, very lightweight indie pop. But uh, it was a relatively big song. Ring any bells? I mean, it, it, it's a very generic sounding song. Okay. So, well, that's not, that's I mean, those horns can fuck themselves. No, I'm not nah. Gonna, where is it? It's Airheads, Funny High. Oh, right. Mate. Nah, the, the chorus being Funny High, the girls you fall in love with never fancy you. Funny High, the ones you don't do. No, nah, I don't remember. Ones. Nah, nah. It was. It, it, air, airheads were. They were kind of this. I remember when the first track came out, it was called Congratulations. Mm-hmm. At that point, they were still called Jefferson Airhead before they were told you can't do right, that. Right, okay. Um, and it was quite interesting. I like that. That's, that's Jeff- good. Yeah, it's good. And it was a quite interesting song. It was more kind of a sampled drum beat, that sort of thing. But this one was very chart bound. Okay. Uh, and I suspect, like you say, those horns were put in to make it sound like a bit more of a pop hit. I hate those horns. But it's, it's, that's yeah. where they went to, to from there. But I, 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 do, I, like I, do, I do like that one. I, I like it. I mean, Jeff, was, uh, what, uh, remember that, there was that band called Rock of Travolta? Yeah. That was fucking great. I loved that. Funnily enough, Mr. Bungle had to change a song called, that was called Travolta on their first record. Oh, really? And change it to quote, unquote. Yeah. Huh. I, I'm, I'm not sure if there was a, like, a legal thing, but they, yeah. Bizarre. Uh, oh, wow. Psychedelia Smith, I always enjoyed that yeah, one. Yeah, that's a goodie. Weavy Stunder. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I, I do like I do like her. Yeah, I mean I love all that shit. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. Like a fairly rich tradition of that in music. Once you dig into it, absolutely. so there should be. Yeah, absolutely. should be more like that actually. Now, absolutely, I agree. Okay, well that's all I've got for you. I'm afraid that's all I've got. So we have to go back into Brian Adams. Ryan Adams, that's another one. <laughs> right. Track number 11. Yeah, this one's called Depend On Me. And we certainly can. Yes, we can. Oh, good old dependable Brian, as he's known. So this is a slow, heartfelt one. I mean, everything on it is heartfelt in theory, but... Yeah, true. There's a fucking dodgy lyric on this, though. Well, I've got a one. Which one are you thinking about? Well, we, it, this is a song about lovers. Yep. And he goes, like, sister, like brother. Well, yeah, it's like... He says, like sister to brother, father to mother, we live for each other, we're lover to lover. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, father to mother, that's right. Okay. But are you fucking your sister? Yeah. Have you abducted and fucked (laughs) your sister? (laughs) Oh, this is a strange one. I mean, I've got very limited notes on this one. Right. To me, this is kind of an updated and 
much more anemic version of um, You've Got a Friend in Me. Anemic is a very good word for this. uh, Yeah, it is. But yeah, You've Got a Friend in Me or Thank You for Being a Friend. It's one of those, you know, I'm with you all the way, guy, Mm -hmm. buddy. Uh, I'm sure he wrote it for someone that he loves very much. You know, I'll I'll be there for you the whole way. You Mm -hmm. depend on me. But it's just such a dull song that if it had been me that he wrote it for, I'd be like, uh, no, it definitely wasn't about me. Yeah. I'm disowning this entirely. My notes, my notes are less detailed. Uh-huh. They say, it's shit. Uh-huh. Stop being shit, Brian Adams. Uh-huh. That's what I've got. Well, I don't know if uh, he heard you mm-hmm. because we've got three more songs. Yeah. Four and more songs. Number 12 is yep. well number number 12 is the big one yep. in quotes tm this is everything i do i do it for you so like we've said fucking many times because we've talked about this song mm-hmm. it was everywhere, everywhere forever everywhere forever yeah so it was surely one of the biggest selling singles in uk history <laughs> yes it was um it was 16 weeks at number one in the uk yep. which is six consecutive weeks as well so it's the longest Run to date, it's still yep. the longest run in British chart history, and nothing will ever beat it now because of the way the charts. No, have exactly, no, totally. Um, it was also number one in sixteen other countries. Mm-hmm. It sold over fifteen million copies worldwide, That's and is the twentieth biggest selling single of all time. So, I mean, that's. It, I mean, that's just, insane. It is. I mean, to be honest, whenever you look at the top twenty selling singles, yeah, you know, number one is still White Christmas, and right. it's fifty million copies. Yeah. So the, there's a massive disparity between the top bits and this, but it's still in the top twenty best selling yeah. of all time. But I, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I suppose we're talking worldwide, aren't we? we so are. that's and that's why. But in terms of a cultural impact of a single song, uh-huh. I mean, I, I don't remember any, any the, the the only songs that I can think of that were this big for this long, right? Yeah. Were this that wet, wet, wet song that was in Four Weddings and a Funeral? Yeah. Um, uh, Love's all around. Love's all around. Yep. Yeah. That one. And then I guess the the closest thing in later years is when, when uh, Umbrella by Rihanna went massive. Oh, yeah. The, That's true. It was like 11 weeks yeah. or something. Uh, and obviously, Elton John's fucking... Candle in the Wind, Night 7. Yeah. So, I mean, but... uh, and Whitney's uh, I Always oh, Love You. Yeah, I forgot about that yeah. one. Yeah, that was everywhere. Yeah. But the, yeah, this whole thing where it, it is just everywhere. You turn on the TV, it's on. Mm-hmm. You turn on the radio, it's on. It was just ubiquitous everywhere, wasn't it? Exactly. And... Yeah. Okay, so so in 1991, yeah, when this came out, yeah, uh, what did you think? Because obviously you knew it, yeah, intimately by the fucking week three, yeah. What did you think? I really liked it when it came out. Uh-huh. I really liked this song when it came out. Yeah, and by the end of its run, I was bored shitless of it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was a fan of the film that it was in, mm-hmm. of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh-huh. Good fun film. Yeah, great fun. It was, you know, this song signified a summer, a whole summer of being off. It soundtracked that, you know, fairly important growing up summer. Sure. Um, you know, I, I liked it at the time, and the but this was so overplayed. Mm-hmm. This was so overplayed that it's nearly impossible to go back to. I, okay, I find. You know, like we, we discussed this a little bit, like um, you know, the other week with you know, I'll go back to this song. Will I like it now? Will it be better? Uh-huh. Um, and I thought, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'm going to go back to this, like, kind of, and, it's, you know, I'm going to remember the classic that it absolutely was. Uh-huh. I mean, I've, I have I listened to this album four times. 
mm-hmm. and I skipped this twice. Oh, really? Like halfway, not not all of it, but halfway through. I listened to it twice through, so I knew, so I remembered there were no bits of it that I'd forgotten. Okay, sure. But I, I really struggle to make it through this song. Okay, I really, really do. Like much in the same way as I discussed with "Knocking on Heaven's Door" last week. Yeah, it's so overplayed for me. So overplayed. It's just too much. It's, yeah, it's just like oh, okay. It feels feels like a fucking Maya. What about you? What about you at the time? I was the exact same. I liked it when it first came out because yep. it is a really catchy song. Of course, you really know? well written. Yeah, you, you, you don't get to be a number one for sixteen mm-hmm. weeks unless it's a catchy song. Uh, but by the end of the, its run, I didn't want to hear it again mm-hmm. and also it was because it was so popular yeah me being the dickhead i was when i was 16 i was yeah. like well obviously it's shit then yeah of course no, i'm not listening to that it's shit mm-hmm. now but i'm different to you nowadays i'm now back in the camp where i think it's a great song i think so this I, is I, a I mean great song. look if i was asked to appraise it critically as a piece of songwriting yeah i would say well, that's going to be annoying. Uh, if you can hear anything in the background, but I just started absolutely pissing yeah, it down. Uh, it's really raining it. hard. Um, but look, if I was asked to critically appraise this song, right, just completely dispassionately, uh-huh. is this a good piece of pop rock? Yes, I 100% believe it is. I believe that there are people that can enjoy it. It's well written. It's, you know, probably the best written song on this record. Sure. Probably the best song on the record. Yeah. But f- personally, not, I can't listen to it. You anymore. can't. There's a, it's a just barrier. It's so overblown. I mean, I, you know, it is, it is overly serious. You don't necessarily believe the emotion in it. I've heard it too much for it to touch any, have any real emotional resonance to okay. me. Other than the fact that it puts me in a place of when I was 15 in the summer. And there are other songs that do that far, far more effectively. Yeah. It's just a personal thing. I don't, I, okay. I've heard it too much and uh, I don't want to hear it again. Right. Okay. That's how I feel. I say, I, I'm fine with it now. Okay. I definitely went through a period where I was like, fuck that song. But now I'm... It's the sort of thing where if we had it on on a stereo at a festival late at night when we're all shit-faced, I'm going to be singing along to this. And you know what? And and, 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 when we play it at Montage, I enjoy it as well. And in, in that environment, mm-hmm. I probably would be all right as well. Like In a, in a group of kind of drunk people, uh-huh. like enjoying it somewhat ironically, right, sure. I could probably... You get along there, with it, right? But I, yeah, listening and, to it on my own in my fucking room, like going, oh, I'm, uh, and particularly listening to it as part of this body of work. Oh, true. Where, At track twelve, which surprised me as well. I'm amazed that the record company allowed that to happen. Mm. That this wasn't on until track twelve. Well, maybe they're like, ah, oh, well, uh, they'll keep on for that one. Uh, they won't be. give up yet. Yeah. Um, Another thing I was looking through uh, just to see if this had been because it was such a huge hit, whether it had been sampled in anything particularly strange or exciting, or you know who'd covered it. And there are hundreds of cover versions of this, obviously. But the one I remember best is the Newfound Glory, right? The the pop punk comedy cover version. Okay. You know, and whenever I was DJing in the kind of the rock clubs, the indie clubs, yeah. I had a, a CD full of those sorts of things, sure. and this was one of the ones that would go down quite well. Yeah. But it got me thinking. And, you know, possible, this might be something we ask on Twitter. What is the best pop-punk comedy cover song? Oh, nice. What What is going to be the one that you go, yeah, that is, that works really well. That's fucking stupid. And pop-punk is dreadful. Let's not be wrong here. But that works really well. Well, I'll tell you what, right? My instincts are to agree with you that pop-punk is awful in a way. But i tell you what, I'm, I sat down the other week, well, not the other week, a couple mm. of years ago, to make a compilation of songs that I just wanted to put on that I knew all made me feel quite happy yeah 
and I was surprised at the amount of pop punk oh, songs. Right? There's just something about that kind 41. of sunny fucking tempo. Yeah. That if you're in a certain kind of mood, you just want to, I'll go in the car and I just want to feel cheerful. There's something about the big ones. Even that lit song, which is oh, okay, horrible no, lyrics. Yeah, but no, that is a good tune. My own worst enemy. Yeah, I mean, I've listened to the lyrics now, and it's, that's a horrible song about, <laughs> a, about a man's self-destruction, yeah. but it's cheery as fuck. It is. Anyway. Right. Uh, the other thing about the version on here is that whenever it was released, obviously, and it was playing, playing the radio, they played the single version, which was, what, four minutes or something? Yeah. This is over six minutes, and the last two minutes of that is weird guitar solo and stuff that I was like, to take that out straight away, that should not be on at all. Yeah. The single version is much more tight and concise. Yeah. I don't know why they've put a six-minute version on here at all. Well, because concision was not the policy of this album. Apparently not. I'll tell you what, though, right? I'll tell you about this single. Yeah. How, like, obviously, from your experience of working in the music industry, yeah. right, how many meetings do you reckon where, where people's ca- like singles campaign was completely ruined by this? Yeah. <laughs> how many people True were like, enough. we're going to release that single? It's like, well, we've got to release it against this br- yeah. like unclimbable brick wall Or, or they're going, oh, well, you know, it's been number one for five weeks. So to be honest, let's release in two weeks because it's bound to be gone by then. Yeah. Exactly. No. Oh, we're definitely going to get, you know, we, we need a number one single to push the album. Yeah. Number four, mate. That's what you're getting. <laughs> you're not beating this. No, it's I mean, true. You, I mean, look, for whatever else we're saying, fair fucks for being that much of a of a it's roller huge. coaster. Yeah. I mean, and also fair play to the English public for having such an enormous lack of imagination. Well, I, you know, we, we always said it at the time as well, but who was buying it in week 14? That's it. At, at what point did they go... I wasn't going to buy this, Yeah, but it's 14 weeks in now. It must be all right. Yeah, do you know what? That's a very strange thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the point where you've got such cross-pollination that, like, we worked in record shops where someone's going and goes, have you heard the one that goes, everything I do? Uh, Yeah, yeah, we've got that one. Yeah, there you go. go. You're selling this to grandparents. You're selling this to people that don't buy records at this point, aren't you? Yeah. Um, Apparently, this was written in 45 minutes as well. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things. Yeah, because um, it's based on a piece of music that Michael Kamen wrote for the score mm-hmm. for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. But then that was given to Brad Adams because he was contractually obligated to write a song for it. Okay, him and Mutlan went into a studio in London, listened to this piece of music that Michael Kamen had done, and wrote this song apparently mm-hmm. in forty-five minutes. Yeah, which is probably the most lucrative forty-five minutes he's ever spent. I mean, I would imagine that is the case. Yeah. I would imagine that's the case. And you know what, like. This song suits him much better than the one about having a party. I it believe really does. it. I yeah. believe it a lot more. For sure. Anyway. Um also I, I was reading and I was very amused to see that he presented this to the uh the film people. He said, There you go, you asked for a song, mm-hmm. there's your song. And they were really pissed off because they had been expecting something that sounded a bit more kind of of the period with, you know, medieval right. instruments or whatever, and he just gave them this soft rock ballad. Yeah. And they were so fucking incensed that this is what they got of him, they didn't even include it in the film till halfway through the end credits. Nice. It didn't, they didn't even start it at the credits. They waited till halfway through the credits when everyone's fucked off out the cinema mm-hmm. and then put it on. Yep. That's how much they didn't think this song was any good. And that's why there's no music industry anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mental. Uh, all right, well, there you go. That's number 12. Ah, oh, track 13. I'm not going to lie, right? Uh-huh. I laughed for far too long at the title <laughs> of this song. <laughs> What's it called, Dave? It's called If You Want to Leave Me, 
brackets. Can I come too? <laughs> it's so shit. That's pure spinal tap. I mean, it really is. It really is. Yeah. But, you know, you've pluralised the Lone Ranges. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> airheads. Oh, man. That's a great movie. Um, so this is another song where he's in basically harassing someone and won't take no for an answer. Yeah. That lyric, you can't find love in the kitchen. Well, yeah. Tell you what, Martika would disagree. <laughs> oh, big shout out to, who was it, who was it um, on our Facebook? Uh, Bryn. Yeah, who uh, made a, a good point, uh, p- reminded us that... Uh, the we were Prince wrote that, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about Martika a couple of, isu- uh, couple of issues, a couple of episodes ago, and yeah, Prince wrote that song. I, I mean, I sort of think that on hearing it, I went, I probably must have known that at some point, yeah. but I had no recollection. Uh, I, I did. I mean, again, Smash Hits would have told me that I at see, some point. I see, okay. But listen to that, that uh, the live Prince version he put up. What a tune that is. Oh, I haven't oh, actually checked it out. Fucking love Prince. Yeah, anyway, we've enough. had this before. Um, but yeah, look, so, I mean, again, this is more of the same. Uh-huh. It's not very good. No. Um, it's another one that sounds very generic. It's super, it's super, super generic. I, I, I would lose this one off the album. Definitely. Very uh, forgettable. Um... Yeah. And lines like, if you say no, I'm still going to go. That's the yeah. that's the evidence. It's, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a man with very little idea of boundaries. No, really. He's, he should stop saying these things on an album that gets released really in should, public. He really should, man. It's not going to go well. No. Anyway. No. But like you say, it's a very, very funny, unintentionally funny title. Yeah. But however, mm. whatever we're saying about him uh, making unfortunate comments in in lyrics Mm -hmm. nothing nothing could prepare you for track 14 called touch the hand touch the hand smell Smell the glove glove. (laughs) (laughs) Uh right again there's acdc is that acdc or i also thought start me up by the rolling stones And yes, this is a strange one thematically. Look, we look, we don't even need to hear this song. All we need to know is this is incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, I read through I, I literally I was, I was hearing the tune and I, I'd had it on in the background two or three times, uh-huh. not really picked up on the lyrics, just kind of f- wallpaper music. Yeah. And I sat down with the lyrics for this and I went, "Well now." Uh-huh. Like my jaw drop a gate because this is a song, right, where Basically, he's saying, right, you know, ah, oh, the things that are about being a woman you're fed up with, uh, but so I'll do all the things that women are supposed to do. And sure. then he lists them. Yep. And he has got some very out of date <laughs> ideas, hasn't he? <laughs> well, I mean, if you had to, if you want to be generous to him, you'd be like saying, okay, I'll be the stay at home husband and you go out and do what you want to do because equality and feminism yeah. so you could say it's that way but then like you say he goes on to list all the things that he will do for her that he expects yeah but the and it's and it's clearly i mean there's no black or white on this it's like no right the, this is the way that it is mm-hmm. so you know i'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> the, the funny conceit of the record is that i'll be a woman and i'll do woman's <laughs> things uh-huh. right and oh my god it's so fucking bad I mean, you got the lyrics in front of you. I do. Give give us a couple, Chris. Right. So yeah, he's saying if you want to do uh, go out and do your thing, I'll stay at home and I will do these things for you. Yeah, for you, yeah. not for us. I'd love to trade your places. Love to be your thang. Thang, yeah. I do all the shopping. Collect your favourite suit. Press all the laundry. 
polish all your boots. And if you brought me flowers, I'd meet you at the door, have your dinner ready, your slippers on the floor. I mean... Wow. I mean, first of all, don't mention slippers in a rock song. That's not sexy. Yeah, let's not mention slippers, but let's also... I mean, when have you written this song? In the 50s? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, fucking Elvis was more progressive than this. Yeah, and that's only the first verse. He goes on to say, uh, I'd love to play the woman, love to play your wife. Uh, I'd light your favourite cigarette, pour your favourite drink, wear your best apron, wash the dishes in the sink. Your best apron. Your best apron. Yeah, because you've got a few. <laughs> you know it. Uh, you know, I treat you like good ladies. Uh, I'd get your shaving lotion, turn the shower on, warm up your bathrobe, keep my baby warm. Right. It's at this point we have to ask the question. There's a lot of songs about failed relationships on here. Mm. Is this the reason why? Well, well, no. Could it could it possibly be? Are are you the common link in all of this, Brian Adams? It's it's uh, look, Brian Adams. Look, I appreciate things are different in the tundra of Canada, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the, mate, the land that time forgot. But you, you know, this is a song written by Victorian dad, surely? Absolutely. I mean, crazy. And the thing is, you know, he thinks he's being the good guy. Yeah, I know. He thinks he's being progressive here. I mean, all that's missing is the third verse where he talks about how he expects her to beat him just to keep him in line. <laughs> right. Yeah. How, how he'd, how he'd uh, uh-huh. apply makeup to the eye that shines. Do you I'll, know what I mean? I'll it's... understand if you cheat, because that's the way things are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as long as you play the guitar, I'll be your fucking whore. I don't know, right? <laughs> like, this is awful. Brian Adams. Yeah. I mean, he's always seemed like a nice guy. Maybe he's just got in with the wrong crowd. I'm blaming Mutt Lang for I'm this one. I'm blaming Mutt Lang for yeah. this. I think he's... Been out for some drinks with Joe Elliott. Joe Elliott's yeah, yeah. given as uh, Sean beamed him into this. <laughs> the, the whole fucking chorus of it, because it's called "Touch the Hand." Touch the right? hand, and it's like touch the hand of the man who'll make you a woman. Touch the hand of the man who'll make it right. Why are you the Pope? That's just bizarre. Kiss the ring. Kiss the ring. Kiss the ring. Smell the glove. Touch the hand. Yeah. I mean, get in your box. Yeah, really. get, get in your box. Get in your fucking box. Put on the mask and dance for daddy. <laughs> God, mental, mate. Fucking mental. Awful, awful, awful. But we are near the end, thankfully. Yes. One more song to go. Uh, this one's called Don't Drop That Bomb On Me. And this is a different sound. It's it. another dramatic one. Well, this is an anti-war song for some reason tagged on the end. I'll I'll read exactly what I've written about this in a moment. Uh If you miss that lyric, it's uh-huh. just, it goes on and on, and on and on and on. And I swear to God, I mean, at that's, least that, that's the only bit of self-awareness on this record. There's a riff here, right? Yeah. It, that's it. just... That's just that's, poor some sugar, isn't it? Yeah. That's just like a sample. Yeah. Fucking madness. Right, yeah. so... I've got, my, my notes for this song are kind of like... Uh, you know, like the title of a chapter of a fucking Winnie the Pooh book. Yes. Because I've just written, 
in which an idiot attempts to tackle environmentalism and war in one ham-fisted shit song. Yeah. And that is what this is, right? I mean, I, I listening to this song, the only thing I had is that feeling, you know, you know if you're in the dentist's chair undergoing some kind of tooth procedure, uh-huh. and the only thing that's going on in your mind is like, this is really unpleasant, this is really unpleasant, but it's going to be over soon. Oh, I see. That's what I had. I, I can do this. Yeah. Right, okay. I thought, I'm nearly through this. Just wait. I'm nearly through this. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. okay, yeah, yeah. Continue with the injection. Braced for something. Anything that you don't want to do that you're braced for. Uh-huh. That's where it was. The, uh, you know. When you say you can wait it out, this is also one of the longest songs on here as well. Yeah. This is six minutes again. But at the end comes silence. I see, right. Which blissful, is blissful silence. Yeah, I, I mean. I think the, this is good intention song. But it's so, like you say, it's ham-fisted. It's, it's another primary school level yeah. uh, lyric writing. You know, don't drop that bomb on me is what it's called, which is a fucking child's way of thinking. Yeah. Um, don't drop that bomb on me. Save that little tree. He's, yeah. he's got a lot of bits about that little tree yeah. on there as I mean, well. They, I mean, like I say, it's... Okay, go on, right, okay. The rest of this album, we haven't tackled any issues at all. And I really wanted... Mm. We've done 14 so far. And all of them are all of them are about women I've broken up with. Yeah. Apart from that one that's about or a party. Parties, yeah. Apart that one that's about a party. Um, oh fuck! Do you know what I really wanted to deal with? Environmentalism uh, and war and the threat of war. Like, oh fuck! I forgot. I tell you uh, what, we'll put them all in together. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, you know what, man? As long as we make it about six minutes long, I reckon I can get those things <laughs> nicely wrapped up. Cover and then we can all of my the yeah. Bases. We can go all about our bases. <laughs> uh, and I'll call this one my political album. Right, yeah. I mean, look, this is worse than when uh, this is worse than when uh, Phil Collins tried to tackle like the troubles. Oh, oh, the troubles! Oh, mate, the troubles one that was glorious. What was the other thing that he did as well? Uh, uh, apartheid. Apartheid. Oh fuck me, that was bad as yeah. well, wasn't it? The song that was originally going to be called something about Oh, Mister Bota. That oh, one, fuck yeah. it. Oh, Mister Bota. <laughs> Amazing. Right now, I've got okay. look. This is an ignominious end to a terrible album. Yeah. This okay. This is summing it up. Yeah. This is a. I see. I feel bad calling it a bad album because it's so fucking average. Yeah. You know, it's just so background wallpaper. But look, I mean, it is stunning in its mediocrity. It, honest to God, it is a product of an age. Right. Right. It's a product of 1991. But what this feeds into the bigger argument of is. You know, when Kurt Cobain was talking about corporate rock whores, mm-hmm. this is what he's talking about. Right. You know, you're talking about music that has, you know, has gone from being, you know, an exciting kind of rebellious genre into this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. New build estate rebellion. Where it's you know you can you can go along to a, a stadium and you can pay. Oops. I mean now it would be eight pound a pint, whatever it was, yeah. a five or a pint or whatever it would have been back in the day. And you can buy your merchandise and you can buy and you can buy your experience and you can come home and you can tell people what a fucking rocker you are. It's right? the safest rock you can yeah, have. Yeah, it's it's your tourist holiday. It's you know it's your prepackaged holiday. There is nothing to gain from this record. Right? No. You can't gain any insight. If you, I mean, like, maybe if you're a guitarist, you can get sunk out of some of the licks. I don't, I don't I know, man. It's that good. But nothing on this record stands out to me at all. It's a record that has been made... It's an album of songs about fuck all. It, uh, it totally is. But I think my take on it would be that Brian Adams, he's had these massive hits. He has to do another album. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. And he has got some help from someone who's very well versed in making middle of the road polished rock. Yeah. 
and Brian Adams has brought his own middle-of-the-road polished rock into it, and they've come out with this beige, beige product, which is inoffensive to everyone. I yeah. cannot, you know, go, oh, fucking hell, that's just one of the worst things I've ever heard, because it's not. I mean, it isn't, no. I mean, I mean, if we take out the lyrics from the, uh, the Iron In song... For sure. But, but uh, there is nothing on here that makes me think that Brian Adams is a terrible person or terrible musician. Yeah. This is just what he does. Yeah. And this is an album of Brian Adams. It's just so fucking beige, man. Yeah, entirely. Yeah, and I, I'm glad I will never have to hear it again. No, indeed. I, I am I'm saddened because I thought there might be a couple of corkers on this. Yeah. I, I did hope that there might be a couple of hidden gems where I'd be like, this is actually banging. It didn't happen. I'm going to go downstairs and smash my... Uh, I think people are a bit sniffy about Brian Adams' glass. <laughs> no, uh, you know what, man? Look, I mean, I still think Brian Adams is a good, great hits artist. I, sure. I just think that this is... There's nothing in this. No. Now, this is this is a grown-up uh, idea of what rock and roll might be. A boring grown-up's version. Yeah, it's yeah. shit. Okay, well, we got to choose, I'm assuming, one song to go onto our playlist. Yeah, I mean, I, do, I could... We're not going to do more than one. No, I mean, I... Uh, I mean, for me... Can't stop this thing we started. I guess is yeah. I mean, I don't mind. Thought I died and gone to heaven either. Those would oh, be yeah, those, you like that. those would be the two that I like. Right, ish. Um, and we're not putting everything I fucking do on it. No, I mean that that would everything I do would be my favourite song from this album. But I understand there's no point in putting it on I mean, to the uh, playlist. That's yeah. fine. I mean, I mean, no one listens to this playlist as it is. No, true enough. Except for me, I do. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I know I do as well. Um, okay. Which of these turds do you want I to know. eat? Because Can't Stop This Thing You Started is the catchier and ostensibly better song. Yeah. But it's also turgid. But, it's, I mean, it's a pop, it's a, it's a pop playlist. Yeah. yeah, fuck it. Let's do that then. Let's do... Let's I'm going to put both stop. on if you want. No. <laughs> let's do Can't Stop This Thing We Started then. All right. Can't Chuck Stop This Thing You Started. Yeah, and uh, dedicated to Lee Lewis. Lee Lewis and uh, Waffles Lost Balls. Oh, poor Waffles. Disticulated. Cool. <laughs> right. Okay. So cool. thank, uh, you, thank that, you as always, guys. Get in contact with us with anything you've got to say about this. If you're an enormous Brian Adams fan and you've been uh, besmirched, let us know. Yep. If you're a Canadian and you want to kill Krista <laughs> now, uh, then you know, let us know and send us your moose hunting license and yep. we'll let you know whether you, that applies. Uh, yeah, all the social media stuff will be uh, at, the at the end. end. We had fun recording this, not so much fun listening to the record. Yeah, exactly. And we'll be back next week with a Nevermind special yeah. episode. All right, cool. Cool. Nice one. We will see you then. See you later, motherfuckers. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We are on Twitter at PCL Podcast, on Instagram also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is pclpodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com.